when you find chapter 21, go up two verses. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in His name. That you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and believing you might have life in His name. Father, I just want to ask that you would deepen our trust, uh, Lord, in the, the reality of the Messiah who has come and delivered us. And uh, Father, that uh, we would really understand uh, the sonship that He demonstrated uh, manifesting You to us. And God, that uh, we would be filled with life. In Jesus' name, Amen. Well, I, I think it's essential if you read this book that, uh, that you take John at his word and uh, Brandon, would you, would you see if there's another set of notes back there? Bring me all those papers. I don't know what all this stuff is. I was lost as a goose. Uh, but to take John at his word and uh, both things are, are pretty essential. Uh, first of all, Oh, there's, there's page one right there. Thank you, man. Uh, it's pretty essential that, uh, that we realize that life as it was meant to be uh, can only be found when we come into a relationship with the promised Messiah who delivers us from what happened uh, in the garden. And I think since, since the two great commandments of the New Testament are... Whoops, I guess I covered that up. Didn't I? Uh-huh. The two great commandments are what? Of the New Testament. Say it. It all boils down to that. Love God and love one another. And John recalls the words of Jesus and he says, life, this is life. That is what we were created to do. That is where we were created to live. That, That is what this is all about. We were created for that. And if you go back to the garden and just think about it, what happened? Adam and Eve, first of all, chose to separate themselves from God. As soon as they separated themselves from God, what did they separate themselves from? Life. And when God came walking through the garden, they hid from God because the flow of life from God to them had been disrupted and they were ashamed. But something else happened. Actually, the Bible tells us uh, that this happened, it describes this before it describes about them hiding from God. What else did they do? They hid from each other. And so, human beings created to have perfect, vulnerable, open relationship with each other. It was destroyed because instead of being benevolent, charitable human beings, we are now fearful and full of pride. And so it destroys us in our ability to connect. And because we've sinned and separated ourselves from God, then the original source of life that I received to give to you is not there. And so I become a black hole, trying to grab whatever life I can find, hanging on to the very end. But Jesus Christ came, and the Bible says that if we can believe that He's the Messiah, the Anointed One, who brings salvation or deliverance, 
He delivers us out of this inner darkness that keeps us from being able to receive life from God and life from each other and give life to each other. And this is, this is so fundamental to understanding John and everything that he writes. He understands that life is a flow from God and from God through you to me as well. And we have to be restored to that. We're broken. Uh, we've been trained in darkness. We've been trained in theft. We've been trained in lying. And so Jesus comes and he brings light to all of that darkness. And slowly but surely we become completely vulnerable, completely open, completely known, and completely loving to people as they are. That's what the kingdom of God is all about. So you might want to ask yourself this question. Are you fully known? Look at, look at the person next to you. All right, keep looking at that person. Now, I want you to think, is there anything in your life that you hope that person doesn't find out? Keep looking at them. Is there something that you wish they didn't know? Some of you have quit looking at each other. <laughs> okay. Right. Now, if they look down to the left, they're a liar. If they, you know. Can you believe that one day we will all be fully known to one another, everything about our life, and we walk in complete love? Why, why do we not want people to find out certain things about us? Because we're afraid they won't love us or they'll reject us. But you know what? In the kingdom of God, God has expressed himself in absolute acceptance and forgiveness of sin. We've not been trained that way completely, and we're on our way, but one day we will know him just like we're known, and there will be a perfect relationship with each other. That all comes out of a father. God is a father. You have to know that Jesus is the deliverer, but also that he's a son. He is the son of God. He is the eternal son of the eternal father. And what he understands about the way life is supposed to be was the eternal pattern that was recreated in your life. And so you've got to understand that John is working with all of this as he goes through his book. And so I want to go and I want to, I want to look at something in, in chapter 1 and uh, walk through it and see, uh, see if you can pull it out. If you can't, uh, then I'll, I'll tell you what it is. But I want to, I want to read a few verses here. Uh, this is all in John chapter 1. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. This is John speaking. And he confessed and denied not, but confessed, I am not the Christ. I am one crying in the wilderness. Verse 29. The next day, John seeth Jesus coming unto him and says, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Verse 31. This is John speaking, John the Baptist. And I knew him not, but that he should be made manifest to Israel. Therefore am I come baptizing with water. And I saw him bear record that he is the Son of God. Verse 40. One of the two which heard John speak, and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first findeth his own brother Simon, and saith unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is, being interpreted, the Christ. 
All right, stick with it. Just a couple more. Verse 42. And he brought him to Jesus, and when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah, thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. And then verse 47. Jesus saw Nathanael coming to him, and saith of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed in whom is no guile. Nathanael said to him, Whence knowest thou me? Jesus answered and said unto him, Before that Philip called thee, when thou wast under the fig tree, I saw thee. Did anybody pull it out? What's the, what sort of a common theme uh, through this first chapter? What's going on? Knowing. Knowing? Knowing what? Knowing names, yeah. Go ahead, just speak up. Not knowing God. Being fully known. Jesus knows the world. Pardon me? Jesus knows the world. Jesus knows the world. Yeah, so, so we get... The world doesn't know Jesus. But John knew Jesus. John knew who he, John the Baptist knew who he was. Jesus knew who Simon Peter was. And Jesus knew who Nathaniel was. It's all about knowing. The world not knowing God, but God manifesting and becoming known. This is Him. And then Him coming and saying, Yes, and I know you too. Very specifically, I know you. And so what I want to do is I want to walk through a little bit of Peter's life. And the whole principle that I, I, I want to present to you is that God knows you. God knows you intimately. God knows everything about you. And more than that, God wants you to know that He knows you. Okay? So we're going to look at Peter, and we're going to talk about a few things, and, um, and just emphasize the whole thing is about realizing that God wanted you to know Him, and He also wants you to know that He knows you thoroughly. Okay? So let's go back to this verse with Peter. Um, and he brought him to Jesus, verse 42. And when Jesus beheld him, he said... Now, Simon's brother, Andrew, has gone and got him and brought him. And uh, he says... Jesus says, Thou art Simon, the son of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas. Thou art Simon, bar Jonah, or the son of Jonah. And you shall be called Cephas. And so, Jesus comes and he demonstrates to Peter that he knows him as he is. Hey, you're Simon, the son of Jonah. I know who you are. But let me tell you who you really are. You are Cephas. You will be called Cephas. You will be known as a rock. Yes, I know you. 
and I'm revealing myself to you. And as you come to know me, then you will get a revelation of who you really are. That's one of the most important things that you can ever get figured out in the kingdom of God. That as we come to know God, He wants to reveal to us that name that's written on that rock that He's going to give to us when we get to heaven. A name that nobody knows. He wants you to know who you really are. Who you were created to be and where He's taken you in this. It's interesting that we hear this at the beginning of John, but in Matthew later on, we hear sort of the same thing. So let me, let me see if I can find those verses, the reference, and I'll, I'll tell you what it is. Matthew chapter 16, 17 through 19. So here at the beginning of the Gospel, Jesus says, I see you, and I'll tell you what you're going to be called. You are going to be a rock. And so we get over to Matthew chapter 16. Verses 17 and 19. What's happened? Jesus has talked to all of the disciples, talking to Peter, and he says, Who do people say that I am? Uh, Peter responds and says, Some, some say you're uh, Elijah, some say you're Isaiah, some say you're... Uh, they, they go through different things. But then Jesus says, Who do you say that I am? And what does Peter say? Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. He gets this revelation. And look what, what it says. And Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amazing. Jesus meets him and he says, Yeah, hi Simon. I know where you come from. I know your heredity. But I also know something from heaven. You will be called Cephas. And then near the end, Jesus asked him, Have you figured out who I am? We will be known. We will know even as we're known. And he says, Yes, you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus says, Boom. And you are a rock. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ as the Son of God, our Deliverer, it opens us up and we become not just the son and daughter of our earthly mother and father, but the whole inheritance of heaven comes and God speaks to us and says, I know who you were before the fall. I know what the Father created you for. And I'm going to speak into your life the reality of eternity. And I'm going to bring to life the thing that I will build my church on. Amen. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom. This is what happens when we come into the kingdom of God. Now, instead of being hidden from God and living in the darkness that causes us to live after our psychological or uh, philosophical or sociological influences, we are now captured by eternity and our humanity that has its origin in the life of God, and we become. We become 
And I think too many times we try to use a philosophy, use a psychology, use a, an educational approach, and we don't get alone with God and let Him speak into our life. This is who you are by the Spirit of God. And I believe God wants to do that this weekend. I believe that God wants to pull you away and take away everything that tries to train you away from who you really are. You see, in the last century, what happened is people realized they were miserable. And so they tried to reprogram their fallen minds and their fallen emotions to find some kind of peace. But they didn't know that Jesus was the Deliverer, the Messiah, the one who came to set them free and forgive them of their sin. And they didn't understand God in the sense that there is a Father and a Son. And so Jesus came down and He lived, Father, Son. He said, watch me. Everything I say is going to come from the Father. Everything I do is going to come from the Father. And you watch. Bread will be multiplied. Multiplied. Fish will be multiplied. People will come back from the dead because my eyes aren't blinded and I'm not hiding from God, but I live with Him and I let Him speak into me who I am and I speak that out to the world. And as He gets to the end of walking with His disciples, He says to them, Look, you've been learners. You've been servants. You've been helping me do my thing. But now... I have revealed to you everything the Father has told to me. Now we're partners in this. And you're rocks. You have the revelation upon which I will build the kingdom of God. And I give you the keys. And I commission you. And I send you forth. Now you'd think that if Jesus himself had come to Peter and said, you're going to become a rock, he'd have said, wow. He'd have got up every morning and read his Bible. You know, he would have found every promise and ever and kept it. But, but I want to walk through Peter's life real quick because some of you are sitting there and you're saying, hmm, I've been saved a while and uh, I don't know if I really know who I am yet. I, I don't act like I'm the rock. I don't act like I am the world's only last hope, which you are. And so I want to go through Peter's life and look at it and see how he is called Simon Peter as you walk through. I think that's awesome. Because Jesus comes to you, forgives you, puts you back into relationship with him, and then he begins to walk with you. And he knows you, Simon Peter. He knows you as you are, but he sees you as you will become. And he walks with you to release you into that. But you got to hear who you are. you got to know from God who you are. So let me look at these real quick. In a, chapter 6, what happens, uh, he kind of, Jesus kind of brings all of the gathering to the end. And he tells everybody, look, you got to eat my flesh and drink my blood if you're going to walk with me. And in uh, verse 66, it says, Many of the disciples left him and no longer followed him. I can always remember that because it's 666. Uh, but uh, 
Then Simon Peter answered him, well, Jesus looks at him and says, are you going to leave me too? And it says that uh, Simon Peter looked at him and said, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And it's kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm on for this. I don't know about this eating your body. I, you know, but you've got the words of life. Where else could we go? So Peter had figured out that the words that Jesus spoke brought life. And so chapter 13, uh, verse 6, this is the foot washing. You don't have to turn to these. I'll give you verses, and, and you know these stories. So we come to the foot washing, and Jesus is, you know, led of the Father, demonstrating that leadership in the kingdom of God is service, and he's washing the feet of the disciples. He comes to Peter, and Peter says, Oh, no way, you're not going to wash my feet. And so, as Jesus is trying to minister, serve Peter, Peter doesn't know how to receive the service of God in his life. And Jesus said, look, Peter, I told you that I'm life. You've got to eat my body. You've got to receive from me. And Peter said, oh, well, yeah, don't just wash my feet. Wash all of me then. And Jesus goes, oh, this guy's never going to get it. No. <laughs> You're already clean. I just need to wash your feet. I, I'm sharing these to encourage you about your own life. You shall never wash my feet. Oh, John 18, 10. So uh, I'll just read you the verse and the story will pop into your head. Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. And he's like, oh man. <laughs> he goes over and he picks the ear up and he puts it back on. You know? Peter, Peter. Peter again denied it he denied that he knew Jesus and at once a rooster crowed Jesus has been taken in uh, to be interrogated Peter is outside around the fire people are recognizing him three times Aren't you? Aren't you with him? And Peter's like, I don't know the guy. I, 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 I'm not with him. This is definitely Simon. <laughs> this is someone who has not realized that they are the rock. And that life comes from sticking with Jesus no matter what the cost. And so he distances himself again from God. Now stop and think if that doesn't sound like your life and your relationship with God. When you first came into the kingdom, you may have had some sense that, wow, life is completely different and God is going to take me and transform me and use me to change the world. And then you begin your journey. And you really don't understand God and you don't understand yourself. You get into guilt and you won't let Him cleanse you. You get into a situation where it looks like people are against you and rather than submitting and let them crucify you, you cut their ear off. Um, you get in a class and you know you ought to speak up, but you know if you do, you might get in trouble, so you choose not to. And then 
you know, it's like, oh man, you are Cephas, and I'm not finished with you yet. You've got to get that inside of you. And I like this one. You all know what happens at the end. So, Jesus is not around, and Peter says, I am going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. And they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. That night they caught nothing. They'd walked with Jesus all this time. And Peter had no idea what to do, so he said, I'm just going to go fishing. So Jesus let them fish all night long and catch nothing. And then he comes, stands on the bank, fixes breakfast, yells at them, Hey guys, throw the net on the other side. And all of a sudden they realize, this is Jesus. They jump in the water, and uh, they swim, they drag the nets in, and... Uh, Jesus feeds them breakfast. I know I'm skipping a lot, but I, I just want to get through his life pretty quickly. And uh, then we get into this interaction in uh, chapter 21. If you're still there. When they finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to them, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Then he said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. I know you, man. I know everything about you. I know you, Simon, who denied me. But I know you, Cephas, who's going to preach the sermon that's going to be the foundational sermon and the birthing of the church. Feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted, but when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, Follow me. The first thing he said to Peter was, follow me. And the last thing we see him saying to Peter, one of the last things is, follow me. And just before he said, follow me, he told him, look, I know who you are, but I'm going to work in your life until the cross is completed. And Peter, I'm going to tell you what, the only way the Father's going to be able to complete the cross in your life is for you literally we know this from, from the church fathers, is for you literally to die on a cross, to follow me in death. And so Peter, indeed, 
Jesus knew his past, he knew who he was now, and he knew where he was going to end up, that he was ultimately going to die like Jesus died. And it's very interesting. He looks over to another disciple and says, what about him? And Jesus just says, he's a father in heaven. He knows what you need. It's not a one-size-fits-all. God knows you. What's that to you? Follow me. If God intends for him to tarry even until I come back, that's between him and God. Peter, I know you. I know who you are. So that's the whole principle. Let me share some verses that, that re- reinforce this. You can jot these down. You can try to turn there if you'd like to, but I've shared these, uh, several of these. Um, I'll start in Galatians 4.9. Uh, I shared this at CTS. I, I didn't share about the, some, some of these verses. Uh, but I really felt like what we wanted to, needed to do this weekend was to get vulnerable and open before God and allow Him to speak to us about who we are. But remember, once that happens, this life begins to flow through us, and what happens? We begin to know one another, no longer according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. And what Jesus did, coming and speaking into the lives of the disciples, once we get in touch with God and that life begins to flow through us, then we no longer know people according to the flesh. We no longer only discern according to our psychological training or to our humanitarian training. But the life of God in us knows the life of God in the other person. And we can speak to their very heart and set them free. Just like Jesus could come and speak the reality of who that person is. When we know God and when His life lives inside of us, we can see according to the Spirit. Galatians 4.9 But now that you have come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how can you turn back again to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? You know what's going on in the book of Galatians. They've turned back from faith, and they believe they have to add on some extra works. And Paul writes to them, Look, God knows you. Since you know that God knows you, why in the world would you try to do some stuff to please Him? He knows your heart. He knows who you are. And He knows what He's going to do in your life. So you've got to trust His fatherhood. You can't do works to please Him. You've got to walk with Him as a father who has put His life in you and wants to cultivate that. See, it's, it's not the difference between a religion of faith and a religion of works. It's a difference between religion and an honest relationship yeah. with God. It's a big difference. Look, how, once you've been known by God, not that you've known Him, but once He has revealed to you Himself and declaring to you who you are, Why would you go back and try to gain his favor? Why would you go back and try to... Who are you? You are 
Cephas, you are the son of the living God. Birthed by that same Spirit, the Spirit of Christ dwells inside of you. And so, I was just reading along in Galatians. It's only about two or three years ago that that just hit me so hard. It's not. I mean, my whole life has been built around wanting to know God. And in coming to know God, finding great revelation about myself as He speaks to me. But I'd never seen it put that way. And when, when I saw it, I'm like, yeah, that has been so dear to me. And I want to be able to share that with other people. Romans 8, 29. For those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers. God knew you even before you were birthed into the kingdom. And the Bible says, even before He birthed you in, He saw what you were going to become. And you were going to become the image of Christ. You were going to become the image of His Son. That's what God sees in you. God's a lot bigger than you. God's been around a lot longer than you. God's seen more failure than what you've had in your life. God has seen more stupidity than what you've committed in your life. And He is a Father who sees what He put in you. And He knows how to get it out of you. From eternity. Acts 15, 8. And God who knows the heart bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as He did to us. God knew their heart. John 10, 14. I am the Good Shepherd... I know my own. Anybody know what the rest says? My own know me. And my own know me. It's knowing and being known. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I have been fully known. God knows you fully. Everything about you. And in that, He chose to die for you and redeem you to Himself because He knows your sin. He knows your mistakes. He knows your foibles. But He knows what He put in you. He knows your spiritual DNA. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And God sees it better than you do. God sees you better than you see Him. And He determined before He allowed you into His household that He was going to take you to the end. And just like He promised Peter that He'd bring him to full conformity and intimated that He would bring John to full conformity, God is going to get you there. Second Timothy 2.19 But God's firm foundation stands bearing this seal. The Lord knows those who are His. God knows those who are His. God knows you. And let everyone who names the name of the Lord depart from iniquity. Here's one last verse. Matthew 10. I guess it's 2. Maybe it's 3. Yeah. Matthew 10, 29-31 Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing? And one of them shall not fall on the ground without the father. 
but the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear ye not, therefore. You are of more value than many sparrows. Not a single bird falls to the ground. The very hairs of your head are numbered. Value. What does God value? Let's, let's just think of... Some of you have had theology classes. Uh, you've read Knowing God by J.I. Packer. What, what, what does God value? Think of, think of, just when you think of values, what does God value? Everybody do this. All right. All right. Everybody stick with it. Come on, do, do what I do. <laughs> That's what God values. That's what God values. God values His Son. God knows what He put in you. You are the kingdom of God. You have the keys. And God is going to get you there. And so John writes a book so you can know two things. So that you can know that Jesus is the deliverer. He delivered you from sin. And so that you can know that He is the Son of God. And the way you saw Jesus live His life, by hearing God, by seeing God, and by speaking out of that, He fulfilled His ministry. And He called people to Himself. And He revealed this to them. And then, before He left, He said, Look, y'all get it. You understand it. I've given you, I've given you the understanding of what it is to walk with the Father. And then out of that, go and speak the reality into people's lives. And so the book of Acts begins. And what does this Peter do who went fishing? <laughs> this Peter who wouldn't let Jesus wash his feet. This Peter who cut the ear <laughs> off of Malchus. He preaches a sermon and 3,000 people are added to the church in one day. And then he travels around and furthers the kingdom to the Gentiles. Uh, over there with that uh, Italian centurion and his family. And he could speak to the hearts of people. Because he had been restored in the image of God. Now this inability to see according to the Spirit had been transformed into walking as a human being. I appreciate psychology and what we've learned from it. I appreciate the order that philosophy can bring to our life. I think systematic theology is great. But God himself lives in us by the Holy Spirit. And it transcends all of that. And we can know one another by the Spirit of God. So here's what I'm hoping happens this weekend. I hope you receive this word. That God knows you. Everything about you. And just like Jesus knew Nathaniel over underneath the tree and Nathaniel was like, how do you know me? Well, I saw you under the tree. Whoa. Jesus says, you think that's something? 
<laughs> you're going to see the heavens open and you're going to see angels descending and ascending. I have open, open access to heaven. And the things of heaven are going to come. And angels are going to come and go and minister in the earth. Because he knew who he was as the Son of God. Angels will come and go into the earth at your request. Because you're the sons and daughters of God. And he sees who you are. So I want you to bow your head. And I want you to just open, open your heart. I want you to open your heart. And, and I want you to... I want you to let go of your opinions of yourself. Failures. Successes. Doctrines that put you in a box. And I want you to just contemplate Jesus and let Him speak to you. Let the Son of God, your Deliverer, speak to you about you. You know what the Bible says. He's not going to say anything less than that. But you need to let Him speak that to you. Open your life. Keep your eyes closed. I want to share a few things. I'm not a prophet or the son of a prophet, but these are some things that are probably going on. There are probably some people here who have been afraid to hear Jesus because you know it's going to get you out of the dark and away from the fire and get you into that room where Jesus is being beat. And so you've just been afraid to hear Jesus. And let go. And so you're stuck with that life flow because he's going to take you somewhere dangerous and you don't want to go. That ends it right there. There's some of you who are so dog determined to become something that you'll never be what God wants you to be. And you're afraid to let go of that and let him speak to you and tell you who you are. And you need to let Jesus tell you who you are. See, Peter was full of himself and he thought he could catch fish. But he couldn't become something without Jesus. But he was also fearful. Afraid to die with Jesus. But God finally got in there. So open your heart. I believe that there is great kingdom building in this room. I see it. I see powerful kingdom building in the lives of uh, individuals. As I look at individuals, I see Cephas. I see a rock. I see foundational things in the kingdom of God. But like Adam and Eve, because of the world, we get separated, and then we begin to eat of the darkness and self-knowledge, and we forget who we are. You are known of God. And your future is known by Him. 
Open your heart and just receive. Let God speak into your heart. Father, we're before you tonight. Lord, we acknowledge that, uh, that we are born of man. And that uh, our minds have been shaped and formed according to this world. Uh, but Lord, at the same time, we understand that uh, we've been redeemed. And God, that you put a new spirit, a new humanity in us. So Father, we submit our will. We submit our mind. We submit our emotions. And uh, we ask that you, by the power of your Holy Spirit, uh, would just uh, speak clearly and fully to us. So as we're praying, uh, keep your heads bowed. Uh, is there anybody you feel like God is speaking to you about who you are and how you need to receive that and, and get, get out from behind the fig leaf and let God speak to you clearly? Is there anybody here that, that uh, think that's going on? Good. Anybody else? Good. All right. Let's just say, I, I believe the Spirit of God wants you to settle and just concentrate on Jesus. Let the Lord, Messiah, Jesus, come and speak to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat>